Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Carcoon, this is the Dubac Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your host, TJ Bowser and Grandmaster Ziad. And welcome to episode 18 of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is my co-host, Grandmaster Ziad here. Also joining us today are the writers of the Do Back Discussion Network, Gold Leader Tim standing by, and our Dutch brothers from the Do Back team, Joel, the man, the myth, the legend, Storms, and Jeroen, also known as Komari. Thanks for having, uh, what, thank you for joining me today, guys. It's for another exciting episode of the Do Back Discussion Podcast. I just want to ask you guys, how were your weeks? Uh, Muhammad? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of sick a little bit. I got a pretty serious sinus infection a couple of days ago, but I'm doing good and excited to be here. Excellent, man. What about you, Tim? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. Got a new baby at home, babying it up, making me not sleep very much, but I'm still here, wide awake for all you guys. Excellent. That's what about good. you, uh, Joel? Yeah, it was all right. Nothing uh, really special. Uh, Kamari? Yeah, same. Uh, I was also sick uh, for a bit. And uh, yeah, I feel it in my lungs all the time. But yeah, I hope tomorrow I can go back to work again. Excellent. That's all we need to do. Keep on that grind. I bitch, son of a bitch. I've just been doing the normal do back stuff. Uh, but let's get this episode on the way. And I just want to thank you. Also, guys, everyone, a warm welcome for Yorong Kamari for joining the Do Back Discussion Network and having a wonderful attitude towards this. I mean, he was pretty excited for this episode today, so let's make this a memorable first one. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so let's start <laughs> off with Hasbro Reveals Comic-Con Exclusive. These look excellent. So, uh, Comic-Con's coming up in a few days, and it looks like Hasbro has released some pictures of some exclusive uh, Black Series figures that they're going to be releasing. And uh, mm. the first one seems to be Han Solo from episode five with like a respirator type thing on. And it's a centerpiece. Well, no, that's not a centerpiece. This one's just Han Solo and Minoc figures. And it will be at booth Gosh. number 3329 at Comic-Con International in San Diego. Kids and fans alike can imagine the biggest battles and the missions in the Star Wars saga with six-inch scale figures from the Black Series with exquisite features and decoration. This series embodies the quality and realism that Star Wars devotees love. These Han Solo and Minoc figures are carefully detailed to look like the characters and creatures from the Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, featuring premium detail and multiple points of articulation. Includes figures, exclusive creatures, and three accessories. The Star Wars, the Black Series, Han Solo, and Minoc figures will be sale at the San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Limited quantities of this item will be available at select conventions and select online retailers after the convention and the relevant market, including HasbroToyShop.com, where available. Good while supplies last. Now, also, it seems that we're actually getting a new centerpiece, Ray, uh, and Kylo Ren figure. Now, I have the two centerpieces, uh, but the ones that they already released, which are the... Uh, Tanta for Darth Vader, which I showed Kamari earlier, and mm-hmm. my uh, ha- Hoth Luke. But I, this is the newest one to the to the centerpiece Black Series line, and they're like you can't move the figures; they're kind of just like there to put in like dioramas, or like statue. Yes. Mm-hmm. So 
with this one, it's uh, retail price is going to be one hundred and nine ninety nine, which is reasonable because you're getting two figures compared to one. Reimagine key moments from the Star Wars Galaxy: the Black Series centerpiece, Ray Star Killer Base, and Kylo Ren figure. Imagining, imagine Ray battling Kylo Ren in the icy force of Star Killer Base. And Star Wars: The Force Awakens includes a premium, high articulated Kylo Ren figure. Oh, you can adjust them. That's cool. But it's about the same thing as what I said already for the Han Solo and Minoc figures. These are Comic-Con exclusives, just to reiterate myself, and the pictures look excellent. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, I do like them. Uh, the different backgrounds look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray, you can't really change much about her. She's, like, dashing forward, you know? Yeah. But the Kylo Ren, I mean, the detail on his, and it looks kind of shiny, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Now, did, it says oh, it man. takes three AAA batteries. Do you guys see why it takes three AAA batteries? Yeah, it's friggin' sweet. It comes with the From the lava, right? Yes. Steam effects. Yep. Isn't that... that, that that's just so cool. Kamari and Joel? Yeah, it looks sweet. Look at it right now. Yeah, it looks really sweet. How big is it going to be? Uh, it's, uh, the figures are six-inch scale, so you can just imagine like what the rest is going to be. It looks like it's about like maybe a little over a foot long. That's what I'd say. I'd say mm-hmm. Tim. Uh, Dennis quit the price. I just, I just. Yeah, I think the price is fair for what we're getting, and then we got some pictures mm-hmm. of Han and the Minoc, which look absolutely amazing. And it looks like you get the DL44 from Empire Strikes Back, one that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh And what are the other two? Like a like a respirator face mask thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that other one is. Can anybody verify what that third accessory is? Let's go stick. Or a plasma cutter, maybe? Hold on, I'm scrolling down. Plasma stick. Yeah. Uh, I can't really tell. It's too small. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh- <laughs> Isn't that the stance for the Minoc? Maybe? Yeah. Oh, it could be. No, it looks like oh, a yeah. to- It looks like a hand oh, holding it. Yeah. And one of the... Holding it? Yeah, he's holding it in the last picture. Oh, okay. The very last. Maybe we should watch Empire Strikes Back and brush up on what the fuck he had in his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Oh, that's the thing that goes over here. Oh, yeah. Over (laughs) where? You know, this goes over there. That that goes over here. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's his line in the (laughs) movie. That's his line in the movie, like oh. when Chewie fucks up. No, this goes over there. Oh, that goes over I here. I see. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Komari, uh, I want you to take the next one away, bud. All right. So, Marvel has released a new issue of Darth Vader, and they're doing actually a pretty good job. Let me get back to the article. Take your time. So. Darth Vader is on Moncala Seas. Yes. The, the Moncala Seas. What issue number is it? Bringing, it's number 17 at the moment, and it's from last week. I think this week's uh, they're going to bring out a new one. Uh, and one thing before you get into this. Uh, spoiler alert! Okay. Yeah, big spoiler <laughs> alert for if you're not into it. But if you really want to get into it, this is also a really good moment. Marvel has given us a pretty good opportunity to look at what I've become of Moncala at the beginning of and toward 
the end of the Empire. Darth Vader's number 17 doesn't leave one with a lot of hope that the Moncala will ever be able to rise up against tyrannical rule of the galaxy. Tarkin, Vader, and a group of Inquisitors are determined to boil the seas of Moncala to enforce the Emperor's rule. This issue is a great one, but it's bleak as heck. Oh my. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's rough. Oh, that looks so cool. And it's actually about a, a Jedi who managed this whole uh, uh, Farron Bar. And he, he's one of them Jedis who saw into the future and he saw the fall of the Republic. Uh, and he wanted to, you know, get his own vengeance. Are those Inquisitors? It, so he's, hmm? Are those Inquisitors? Or am I getting too far ahead? That's what I was wondering. No, no, no. Uh, Farron Bars managed to turn Order 66 against those who would enforce it. It's a tricky move, as he knows, knows the last generation of clones still have the Emperor's secret mandate in their heads. I think those are the clones, what we're looking at on this picture. Oh, well, not on this mm. picture. We're, we're, we jumped ahead. We're looking at the photo down below looks like uh, Inquisitors. Yeah, they are Inquisitors. Okay. Continue, Kamari. What? The one on the left with the four push? No, on the bottom, if you go down to the third picture... Yeah, you see the force push. Yeah, those are inquisitors, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The right ones or the left ones. Left because ones. I think those left ones are Jedi. No, I think those are inquisitors. Vader's inquisitors. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so the right are the are yeah. the clone clones then. Palpatine had these inquisitors trained and handed over to, to Vader. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but he used he used them for cannon fodder. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Continue. Uh, Okay, let me continue. Let me continue on uh, Farron Bar. Let me get back there. Farron Bar has managed to turn uh, to turn Order sixty six against those who would enforce it. It's a tricky move, as he knows the last generation of clones still have the emperor's emperor's secret mandate in their in their heads. It sure works out well for he and Verla, as they are able to escape. Verla is just a young apprentice, and he's sending her away basically to to teach with other survivors from the from the Jedi Purge. And he knows that there aren't records from Quin Quinlan Foss and uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan, so there are other survivors. Oh, He's smart. Excellent. So this is a cool moment between uh, Bar and Furla. He knows that there are other Jedi out there, blah, 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 blah. And actually, when you uh, think about it, oh, wait, wait. I'm uh, yeah. running. Yeah, I'm running against the blockade here. Hold on. <laughs> Stop! It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah, basically, Fader just jumps down there, you know, and he, yeah, you know, he takes everyone down, and Moncala, uh, the the king, is also captured by Fader. The what's his name again? Uh, Li Char, King Li Char from Moncala. Mm -hmm. And he's up negotiating with the uh, with Tarkin uh, and the Emperor. Is that the well, guy we Tarkin... saw in Clone Wars TV show? I'm not sure. It's been a while for me since I watched the Clone Wars TV show. Somebody asked Logan. Logan's <laughs> <laughs> hurt. Uh, Hold on, let me Google. Continue while I Google. That's that's not the young guy. No, so but... it might be the old guy. But that wouldn't make sense. No, the I think in the Clone Wars he was still uh, still prince. This is a little bit further ahead from the yeah, Clone this Wars. Is, so it's the same, yeah, it's the same guy from the Clone Wars. Right, okay. Okay. The episode was called Coronation of Lichar. Lichar. Continue. 
Jeez, you're such a nerd. So eventually, just uh, Tarkin, he captures the king. Uh, 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 remember, Vader capturing the king is a personal favor for Tarkin. Tarkin merely instructs him to take Lee Char to a window so he can see firsthand what the Star Destroyers are going to do to the waters of Moncala. So he's actually just torturing the guy, same as uh, Princess Leia with Alderaan, you know? Done ah. different. So. In a one, two, three, the Star Destroyers concentrate their fire on heating the seas of Moncala and extinguishing billions of life. This is all being done by Tarkin, with the sole aim of getting Lee Char to pledge loyalty to the Empire. Is the Empire at its nastiest? That's pretty fucking. Tarkin cool. is real bad, huh? Oh, he's a badass. In his book, it really shows like the reasoning why he is the way he is. It's mostly because of his upbringing, and there. Uh, he, the planet that he came from was uh, not, like, high standing within the, the Republic at the time. But whenever mm -hmm. the Empire came to, re to like, come, come to power, uh, he was kind of, like, picked to be the position that he was in uh, because of, like, his determination and, like, his aggressiveness in the strategic uh, battles and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. in, the, in the book Tarkin, which I don't think is canon, if anyone can confirm that. Nope. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. canon? Okay. Uh... It, it it tells about his childhood and stuff, and it's a good read. I got half about halfway through it now. Uh, I, I'm, no, I'm at the quarter. Oh, you're at a quarter. Okay, continue. Yeah, it's uh, with the sole aim of getting Beechar to pledge loyalty to the Empire. It's the Empire's nastiest. There is no resource grab or bureaucratic corruption. It's mass murder and a demonstration to the people of the galaxy that even the most pr proud can be brought to their knees. I, I think Tarkin. I think his death was also, uh, how should I say this? He, he died with the explosion of the first Death Star, right? Yes. Yeah. With a villain that, that file, I, I know it was from the first Star Wars movie, but I don't know. He uh, wouldn't de uh, Didn't he deserve more glorious death? Yeah, the same way with uh, Thrawn, though. Yeah, for sure. Nah, I'm not. I, I was thinking about the same way as Admiral Akbar. Dude, too <laughs> soon, too soon. Yeah, the two. <laughs> okay. Tim, you RIP, RIP. Well, I just know Tarkin. He was just very, I don't know. He was kind of selfish in a way because he always thought that he was going to overcome everything just because mm -hmm. he had the power of the Death Star. So no wonder why he didn't leave the Death Star. He just thought that they were just going to blow them out of the water before anything even happened. So he was yeah. just... Again, in the Tarkin right, book, right, right. it shows like why he was at the Death Star and like that he was stationed there. Like that was his home for many, many years. Before. It was his home. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they lived aboard that. Oh snap! Yeah. What a loser! What a loser! Live on the <laughs> most powerful weapon in the galaxy. But it's actually funny because this whole event, uh, uh, Lee Char decides, of course, because of that torture technique, he will never join the Empire. So he sends out like uh, what's it called? Uh, those free big ass um, no four big ass mon calamari cruisers yeah he sends those away into space you know for colonizing and all that all that stuff but those are the same calamari uh, cruisers that are being used at a new hope by agbar or return of the jedi home one radis and stuff like that yeah okay well it's actually funny because tarkin didn't decide to shoot down those uh, those cruisers because he's like, yeah, they're the mice, they're already gone. We cooked up their waters. 
well, not knowing that this is actually one of his mistakes because he he undermined their their power. Yeah, underestimated. Underestimated. Sorry. It does not. I think the exact quote is: "It does not matter, Lieutenant. We will find them eventually." I am not particularly concerned about three ships. Begin yeah. powering down the orbital cannons. Exactly. Yes. It was. Uh, this proves, as always, overconfidence is the weakness of the Empire. Absolutely. Who knows? Who knows if it is free star destroyer could have stopped them? But Tarkin just sealed the fate of the second Death Star and the Supremacy Snoke ship. That's very true. Godspeed, yeah. rebels. so uh thank you for going over a brief briefly on that uh if you guys want to check that uh issue about that is issue number komari 17 17 and it looks like the next issue it shows a picture of tarkin with an se 44c blaster which the death troopers use do you guys see that on the below bottom Mm -hmm. yeah but is he is he hiding for fader that uh, that's what it appears to be or or are they like in stealth mode entering uh, a different area? I don't know. I guess it's something that we're gonna. Well, Tarkin and Vader are supposedly have kind of a rough uh, relationship because neither of them trust the other. So this might very well be the issue where they dive deeper into that. Okay. Well, That's we, we, we will report on that issue whenever it does come out, and you'll hear <clears> from Comary <throat> first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to read it. Okay. Uh Momo Mo Momo Mo. Star Wars episode nine director JJ Abrams to appear on James Corden's late late show Tuesday night. Uh, that's last night, and I checked. They said I don't have the interview up. But um because you know it's Wednesday morning, it's only been like half a day since then. Uh JJ Abrams, who reintroduced audiences to Star Wars after Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm with The Force Awakens, will be making an appearance on the Late Late Show with James Corden this Tuesday night. While I don't think we should expect to see a massive reveal about episode nine, which starts filming next month, actually, during Abrams' appearance, I do think we'll get a little blurb about the movie, maybe, if we're lucky. <sighs> Broadway World, the website, has listings for multiple episodes of James Corden's show. And it looks like someone in charge of a galaxy far, far away will be on Corden's program. Quote, Tuesday, June 19th, broadcast from London featuring guests share J.J. Abrams and a sketch featuring members of the England football team who actually really suck. So I hope they don't do well in the World Cup. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Cher's still alive. Huh. Interesting. Here's a little. I didn't know that either, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Abrams will, will primarily be there to promote July's Mission Impossible Fallout, which I'm looking which forward he to. Produced, as I've said, don't expect a whole lot from this appearance. At most, a headline or two. However, given how close we are to the start date of filming, Star Wars will inevitably be discussed, and we'll be sure to cover whatever Abrams says at Star Wars News Net. Jk Dubackdiscussion.net. Absolutely. So, uh, with that being said, I think I've said on multiple occasions that I love that JJ's back at the helm for episode nine to kind of finish what he started. And it really gives me a, that he, uh, like, uh, puts my mind at ease knowing that he'll probably play it safe like he did with, uh, The Force Awakens and deliver another good film. Uh, Tim? Well, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty glad that he's back to pretty much finish it out. I don't think they really should have took him away for the last movie, but. 
Ryan Johnson did all right. Uh, he, <coughs> I feel like he did a little bit of maybe a couple of screw-ups for JJ's part because I think JJ had a big master plan behind it all, but he's going to have to tweak it a little bit now considering Ryan Johnson made a little bit of changes of his own. Okay. Uh, I'd ask Joel's opinion, but... <laughs> you know what? For the sake of argument... I heard the negative coughing already. <laughs> let, let, okay, let's go with Comary's opinion, and then we'll go with Joel, and we'll just leave, like, the eccentric asshole for last. Okay? So let's do that. Okay, so the last year, I want to hear my opinion about it. I uh, I didn't like uh, a few things. Like Mark Hamill himself uh, said, he's not my Luke. He's indeed not my Luke. I uh, had him pictured all these years different, what would happen to him and uh, this what happened to him. I don't know. Uh, Ryan Johnson took the left turn where everybody would go with the right turn, you know, by by everybody. Everybody was guessing a year long, like, what's going to happen? What's what's uh, Luke going to say? The first thing to Ray when he's holding the lightsaber, he didn't say Jack Shady threw the lightsaber over his shoulder. He's like, come on, you know. And also... Uh, yeah, like I said just yet about uh, Admiral Agbar, his death, uh, the, the, he's, he's a culture, fan culture. He, he, it's a trap. Everybody knows the, the line, you know? And he gets killed in the during Leia's uh, death attempt while she's Superman's back, back on board. <laughs> yeah. who, who was again the, the, uh, the woman who uh, crashed her ship with light speed? Laura Gurns. Although, yeah. Yeah, she she's the same woman from Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, she dumped yeah. through all that Triceratops shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Well, that should have been Akbar. He should have been. <laughs> Why I've got a yeah. trap for you. Why should or like Akbar... we discussed this yesterday? Wait, Akbar. Should like have been we discussed it yeah, yesterday that Hux <laughs> is going to say it's a trap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then Akbar shoots his light speed and he sacrifices himself, and you're like, yeah, Akbar. And right before he dies, he goes, "Oh crap." Oh crap! <laughs> I think With this Nixon cool voice, because it was his shit. I, mean, I feel like there'd be more meaning behind it. Yeah, it would have been the captain at the helm. Yeah, like one last. Time. I will go down with my ship. Right. Okay. The same as in Rogue One. Get me one of those hammerhead ships. <laughs> Get me one of them hammerhead Corvettes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but that wasn't Ashbar. That was somebody else. Radis. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, but. Still, you know, like, he was the captain at the helm. Comrie, how do you feel about JJ being back, though? Uh, like, Disney, you know, Disney is still uh, pulling the strings. Okay. So okay. If, you, if you ask me, you, you can put any, uh, any director on the job with enough, uh, with, with a big budget. But still, Disney, uh, Disney is making everything. Okay. Joel, fucking drop it. Well, it's better than Ruin Johnson, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Joel, do your article. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Johnson. So apparently uh, Tom Kane, the, uh, the guy who actually does uh, Yoda's uh, CGI, uh, has some info. A new report from the floor of the Tyson's Corner Corners, uh, Virginia All-Stars Comic Con, includes a, an alleged statement by Tom Kane, who served as a voice actor for Yoda, Circa the Clone Wars, 
And according to Kane, Lucasfilm is working on a ton of movies, but one starring the diminutive, diminutive Jedi Master is not on the cards. Oh. And... Uh, okay, I'll just read the quotes here because this uh, next part is that. Uh, since the, uh, Aaron Goins um, tweeted, since this tweet is getting way more attention than I expected, I need to clarify something that I noticed some are reporting incorrectly. I did not interview or even talk to Tom Kane. My tweet is based on a comment he made while on a panel at the con. Okay. So he says, Tom Kane seems to be somewhat in the know, but very hesitant to share. Claims there are at least nine Star Wars films in various stages of development. Some indi individual character stories yet to be announced, but definitely not Yoda. Ooh. And then somebody asked, uh, did you get the impression that they were all separate projects or that each in each of the films in Ryan's trilogy and Game of Thrones Dude series were included? And Aaron Goins replies, he was pretty vague, but I would assume that the already announced films would count towards the nine. Um, frequent Star Wars podcaster Aaron Goins re recently got to see Kane speak at the ASCC. While he was there, Kane told Goins and several other convention goers that Lucasfilm isn't even thinking about slowing down development on other projects, even after Solo struggled so much at the box office. Quote, Tom Kane seems to be somewhat in the know. That's just what I read earlier. Um, so far, we know that Star Wars Episode Nine, which is about to start filming, is one of the nine movies. We also know that Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson has a trilogy planned, and that, at bare minimum, the Game of Thrones guys are working on at least two movies for the work to qualify as a series. So that brings up, us up to at least six projects that have been directly confirmed. Then there are the Obi-Wan Kenobi and Boba Fett spin-offs that are reportedly in, in development, according to The Hollywood Reporter and Omega Underground, meaning that there's only one Star Wars movie on the list that we aren't at least somewhat aware of yet. Ooh. Presuming, of course, that every one of these movies are eight of the nine projects that he was talking about and that the Benioff's Vice series is only two movies long, which I think it's more likely that it's three, to be honest. We'll see. Bearing in mind that in development can mean anything from we've got a cast and crew ready and we're about to start filming and we're wrapping up production to I've got a pitch that the studio really likes and I've wrapped <laughs> up a spec, a spec script but I'm still waiting for the green light. As a side, we already know from the ever-changing film slate for Fox and Marvel's mo Marvel movies or for DC films that just because a project is being developed doesn't ensure that it will be made. So don't take this as the gospel, and don't take this as a sign that we'll suddenly get more Star Wars movies per year until Lucasfilm officially says anything to that effect. In many respects, I'm happy to know that the, uh, a Yoda-centric movie isn't worked on right now. I actually do think it could work on the very specific circumstances, but it would have to avoid the origin template because Lucas never wanted Yoda's backstory to be fully revealed. And in all likelihood, would have would have to be completely animated, knowing that Frank Oz had his work cut out for him, even to rehearse and act out two-minute cameo in The Last Jedi. It seems in any case that the most interesting stories that could be told with Yoda would feature him as a supporting character. Um, yeah, so uh, considering that 
usually Star Wars movies go come by three. Uh, I, I'd say the uh, Benny of Weiss series is also going to be three movies, or maybe even more. Okay. What do you guys think? Uh, I think they're going to be a part of the Disney streaming service, like a direct to thing. Hmm. I feel like that makes sense not only financially, but also it allowed uh, allowed for new content to be produced directly, well, primarily for that uh, Disney streaming service. And I feel that's the same way with John Favreau's TV show. Is it's not going to like premiere on normal television? It's going to be uh, made specifically for that. Yeah, that we that we that we know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like that's that's what's going to cause us to want to buy that Lucasfilm subscription whenever that Disney streaming service comes out. That way we can watch the Indiana Jones, we can watch Howard the Duck, we can watch American Graffiti, we can watch Star Wars, and we can watch all the new stuff that they're making for those franchises, you know? And also yeah, Disney but, Kids movie. Do you really expect them to drop the fucking box office just for a streaming service? That seems really not... No, but I feel like they're going to keep their anthology films and their saga films. Like I believe the Ryan Johnson trilogy is going to be is going to be a theatrical release. But I feel like the D.B. Weiss and the Game of Thrones guys, like those are TV guys. What do you think about it? They make TV shows. They don't make movies. And there's a reason because of that. They're good at telling stories the way that they do in parts. So I believe that like, those movies will be more like... Uh, TV movies instead of rather uh, theatrical type uh, movies. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think mm. that their work, they do a good job and there's different art forms and maybe they'll dabble in a different art form, but I don't think Disney will let them experiment. I feel, I feel from like a, like a perspective of a business, I feel like it makes more sense to release uh, exclusive content for that streaming service in order to hype it up. Yeah, okay. Uh, Tim? My question is, does anybody have any ideas what that ninth random movie is going to be? Mall. You think so? Mall. I'm wondering if it's either going to be, uh, like, Mall's a good one. I didn't even think of Mall. I was thinking maybe they might start into either, like, doing a series of The Old Republic, since they they have that there, and it's just, they used it for video games. It's, why not use it for movies? There's that. Or I, I really hope so. They can but... go to episode 10. Call Mary? Yeah, I have, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, 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 I can say mall, but we already have so much mall uh, mm -hmm. uh, things Content. from the animated series. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I think there's too much material on mall for them. To okay, what about a Thrawn movie, movie with Benedict Cumberpatch playing Thrawn? Oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Benedict. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't like it if Kimberly Button Patch would play that. <laughs> I'd be the guy wearing the overcoat to the fucking theater. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. You look like a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> look like a shooter walking Fun. with Thrawn. Everybody get the fuck out. <laughs> this is my movie. <laughs> so, what do you have against Ben Flick Cucumber Bitch? <laughs> Come on, Comrie. Well, well, who, me? Yeah. No, I just don't picture him as uh, Fron. I just don't oh. picture him as Fron. I had the, the wrong face build. Okay, what about the guy that uh, plays Loki? Uh, Tom Middleston. Tom Hiddleston. Mm, maybe. Oh. He's got a more a better face build. But if I lo I'm looking now at the comic cover from uh, Star Wars Fron, and I'm thinking personally, just the front face. Uh, what's that guy again? Uh, all right, all right, all right. No, we're not having Matthew McConaughey play fucking yeah, Matthew Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, that would be no, so not cool. Matt McConaughey. <laughs> you know what's good about oh. Twilight Girls? 
Yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. No, absolutely. You gotta pump, pump up those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. <laughs> General Veers, how many, how many, how many rebels did you kill? That's not good enough. You gotta pump up them numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pump up the numbers. <laughs> Love it. Okay, uh, Comrie, take it away, buddy. So in the next comic uh, is about Fraun, uh, review number 15, everything is a strategy in number Marvel five. Star Wars, Fraun, number five. Yes. And uh, this excellent adaptation of Timothy Zahn's novel, Thrawn, continues to show us how our favorite Grand General, that is to be, you know, discussed, climbed his way to the near top <laughs> of the Empire. Fraun continues to display the aloof tendency of not necessarily using people in the malicious way. But in ways he calculates, but in ways he calculates will allow him more room to do what is necessary for the empire by gaining his own authority and mandate. In this issue, Fran moves closer to the faceless adversary, Night Swan. Spoilers ahead, of course. Mm. Spoilers! Spoiler! Go. <laughs> <laughs> When we last left Fran and Fanto, they were preparing to deal with the Batman insurgency. In its full swing here, as the Empire storms an island facility, Fran and Fanto watch as the battle unfolds. It is clear Fran is only here to observe. In his eerie, serene manner, Fran tries to understand what his opponents are, are capable of. The whole attack by the Empire was steered by Fran by playing the other by playing the other Imperial commanders in a subtle way. He got them to carry out ju just so he could see how both sides would fight. Also, it gets Fran closer to even the elusive Night Swan. Ooh. Ever elusive. Whichever will gain us an invitation to visit his base. Yeah, I personally haven't read this, but I'm actually a little bit excited about this. I only, I've only read the, the, the free books from Fran, from Timothy Zahn. Uh, Oh. I think that uh, hold on, uh, Muhammad and Joel. Uh, Vanto is his like his translator, like partner thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just okay. kind of remember back to when I read it. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Fran and Vanto watch as a small ship starts to sneak away from Baton, Baton or Baton, 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 in the heat of the battle. If there's a site that will distract whatever space traffic control Baton has. It can't be much bigger than a Star Destroyer simultaneously getting blasted with an ion cannon and a turbo laser. This doesn't seem to bother Fran, as he's pretty sure the ship sticking away is piloted by Night Swan, the criminal he's been after for some time. Fran's plan is to pose as a weapon smuggler, who just raided the base under attack, but he wants Fanto to make contact on board the ship sneaking away, while he sits back and listens in his typical fashion. As you can see on the picture, he's getting, uh, how do you call that? Restrained? They're checking. Restrained, nah, yeah. No, no, no. Restrained, yeah, like they're checking a uh, full body uh, check if uh, you have weapons. I think you call that a cavity yeah, search. search. <laughs> no, not a fucking cavity <laughs> search, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sometimes the best hiding places are in plain sight. Case in point, Fran gives Fanto his old Imperial uniform to wear, blaster burn at it, while suggesting Fanto bragged he killed an Imperial officer for it. 
France implanted a transmitter in the insignia so we can listen in and decide what his next move is. But Panto pulls off the roll nicely, as you can see in the frame above, what we were just discussing. Once he's aboard, the crew wastes no time figuring out what the deal is. It's, it only seems odd to me that after such mistrust, mistrust, that they then bring him to Night Swan, a person that has been so mysterious and elusive. For some reason, I remember the reveal being a bit more and grand in the novel. But that's probably just the difference in medium. Well, I actually didn't read it. <laughs> uh, it's the same as the book, so if you want to read the book, you can uh, borrow that from me. I think I still have that book from you here. Oh, you got it? Oh, oh okay, then you need books. to read the book. Tim, of course my Legends of Blue <laughs> No, no, it's the new book. I still have it. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Haven't started. What the fuck? I know. You've I've had, had it, it for, for like forever. two months. <laughs> yeah, no, that's bad. Uh, I, I've had it here for years, man. <laughs> no, but that's the other book. This is uh, the origin from. The, oh, okay, okay. The canon. Yeah, but canon, yeah. But they, he, he wrote them so that they actually fit uh, all together. Oh, that's excellent. So. Well, if you want to finish this episode, well, this comic, it's... uh. Episode uh, comic issue number five, and for the episode, uh, why the fuck do I keep saying episode issue number six? <laughs> it shows Thrawn standing in an Imperial. No, looks like a radar thing, and then behind him you see one, two, three star destroyers, uh, a couple Tie fighters, the Emperor, and Darth Vader. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It looks uh, definitely pretty cool. Uh Again, you can find this article on Star Wars News Net, soon to be on dobackdiscussion.net, written by Comeri himself. But it's now time to talk about Star Wars Detours with Mo, 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 Mo. Hamid. So I was a little skeptical because um, I didn't hear about Detours originally from, what is it, six years ago? Yes. Or so. It's like but, Robot um, Chicken Star Wars. Yeah, so like when I was reading about it, I was um, kind of uh, skept- really skeptical. But after watching the trailer that, that was available, I was like, this is, pretty, this is pretty funny. Like, it's, I don't know if it's canon or not, quote unquote, or there's even a need to discuss it being canon at all. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to develop it, it the just story needs to be whatsoever, fun. but it's just like good comic relief. If you remember all the way back to Star Wars Celebration 2012, you might recall that Lucasfilm announced a new animated series called Star Wars Detours. It's been nearly six years since that original announcement, and the series still has yet to be released. Recent trademark filings by Lucasfilm for Star Wars Detours may point to a possible revival for the animated comedy series. The series was created by the duo behind Robot Chicken, which I have not seen, Seth Green and Matthew You've what never watched Robot right? Chicken? Robot I don't think I've ever heard of Robot Chicken. What? 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 <laughs> this is Robot almost... Jesus, man. He's never heard okay, of you need to go home and rethink your life. How could you have never heard of Andy Griffin? <laughs> I need to go home and rethink my life. Star Wars Detours was slated to be a more comedic outlook on the Star Wars saga, one not afraid to poke fun at itself. The series allegedly had nearly 40 episodes ready, with about 30 of those suitable for release. Similar the to purpose- Star Wars Underground. Yeah, the purchase of Lucasfilm by Disney certainly changed the landscape for Star Wars moving forward. At the time of the original announcement for Detours, no other Star Wars films had been announced. 
naturally. The purpose, the purchase, may have affected the release of the series. However, with Disney's new streaming service on the way, a revival of the series is possible. It could find a new home in digital media. I sure I'm, hope. I definitely see this as being a potential miniseries on that um, streaming service. You sound sick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, that was a warning in advance. You got the schneefles. <laughs> I got the schneefles. <laughs> Woo. But yeah, if you guys haven't seen the trailer, it's pretty funny. Like, it's worth watching. There's one part with Admiral Akbar. It's a wrap. It's a hat. What is it? Oh, it's a trap. Oh, I got it. I, I got to go. I'm double parked. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like, you know, it's like, especially for us, we'll, I think we'll appreciate it more. Hmm. So. So it actually sounds like they wanted to, uh, to counter the Robot Chicken episodes and just wanted their own. Um, approved version. Yeah, probably. I mean, Guarantee I still need to. I'll see Robot Chicken. You know, I'm going home to rethink my life and all. But, uh, yeah. What was that, Tim? <laughs> so probably the reason why there's only 30 suitable episodes out of 40 is probably because the other 10 are like really like gnarly and Deadpool yeah, rated, inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to the next one. I'll take this one, boys. Oh, boy. Of New Uh-oh. Star Wars Count Dooku and Yoda Hot Toys announced, baby. Hot Toys has revealed Woo! two new 1-6 scale figures from Attack of the Clones. Namely, Yoda and his former apprentice, Count Dooku. Check out the Count Dooku versus Yoda Hot Toys in the gallery below. Look at the fucking... Oh. Look at this. It looks real. Yeah, the detail on Yoda is just freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell was that? It was a remote. Oh. Dooku <laughs> looks pretty good himself. Christopher Lee, like that that is Christopher Lee. Oh, it looks excellent. So let me talk about this here while you guys go through the photos. Uh as a menacing Sith Lord and central figure in the Clone Wars, Count Dooku became disillusioned with the Jedi Order and thirst for greater power. He voluntarily left the light side behind and became Darth Sidious's dark side disciple, taking the secret name Darth Tyrannus and leading the Separatist army. Dooku advanced Sidious's secret plot to take over the galaxy but forgot the betrayal is nature of the Sith. Sideshow and Hot Toys are thrilled to officially present the Dooku six-scale collectible figure from Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Masterfully crafted based on the appearance of Count Dooku in the movie. The six-scale Star Wars collectible features a newly developed head sculpt from the striking likeness, a meticulously tailored costume with Dooku's beautifully designed cape, an LED light-up lightsaber, a number of interchangeable hands. The figure also includes a pair of force lightning effect parts that are attachable to hands, a hologram projector, and several hologram figures, including Death, Death Star, Jango Fett, B1 Battle Droids, and Darth Sidious. These, this dangerous Count Dooku collectible figure will surely be a phenomenal masterpiece to add to anyone's Star Wars collection. Nine pieces of interchangeable hands. One pair relaxed, one pair force using, one pair gesturing, one pair lightsaber, one right hand for holding hologram projector. Remember in episode two whenever he shows the, uh, the Geonosian guy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. Like... No, it's Poggle the Lesser. Uh, 
much to learn you you still have much to learn you still have yoda yoda was legendary jedi master we all fucking know this if you're listening to a star wars podcast you know the fucking name okay beautifully crafted based on the appearance of yoda in the movie the six scale collectible figure features a newly developed head sculpt which looks pretty fucking good with amazing lightness and fabric hair specialized body designed for the Jedi Master, finely tailored outfit, a walking cane, a pair of force lightning effects that are attachable to hands, and a lightsaber hilt that is magnetically attached to his belt. It is the perfect time to have the remarkable figure of Master Yoda in your Star Wars collectibles. Four pieces of interchangeable feet, including one pair of standing feet, one pair of levitating feet, and each head sculpt is specifically hand-painted. I'm looking forward to this, but could you guys imagine what the average fucking price of a sideshow hot toy is? Like for real, mm-hmm. just because it's hand painted. I'll, I'll, I'll just wild. give you. I'll just give you about about four hundred dollars. Six hundred oh, for. Okay, like, it's cool, but not that cool. Come on. You can buy them secondhand on eBay though. For more, probably. Yeah, depending. I, I want to condition Dooku. and rarity. Yeah, right. Dooku is fucking awesome. Uh, look at it. It. it it looks like fucking Christopher Lee, man. It does. Yeah. So, uh, Joel, I heard that Todd Fisher wants Leia to be in episode nine. Does he? Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, there's no franchise quite as beloved as Star Wars, with the starring actors having an immor- immortal place in pop culture. The late Carrie Fisher will always occupy a special place in moviegoers' hearts for her dynamic role as Leia Organa in the galaxy far, far away. While Leia got more time to shine in The Last Jedi, Fisher's ultimate untimely death in December of 2016 threw a wrench into the character's trajectory. J.J. Abrams' episode 9 was reportedly going to have a major focus on Leia, who who has been the only surviving hero from the original trio. Luke's film hasn't given any indication of their plans for the character, but Carrie's brother Todd is hopeful she'll still appear in the upcoming sequel, saying, Yoda came back in the last movie, so why not Carrie? In the first film, Obi-Wan says that if he dies, he'll come back stronger than ever. I feel that's scary. She'll never disappear entirely. While there are tons of opinions about how Star Wars should handle Carrie Fisher's passing, Todd seems to believe his sister, and therefore Leia, should have a role in Episode Nine. While fans would love to see Leia on the silver screen, the question is, how could they do it? Todd Fisher's comments on to Variety also reveal that the family hasn't been informed of the franchise decision for the character. Both Todd Fisher and Carrie's daughter, Billy Lord, will no doubt be privy to the plans. So Fisher's bro is simply spitballing and hoping that his, sister iconic, his sister's iconic role has one more outing in the galaxy. If J.J. Abrams wanted to have General Leia Organa on screen in episode 9, there has luckily been some precedent. A younger version of Carrie Fisher was recently created through CGI in Rogue One, as was the late Peter Cushing's Grand Moff Tarkin, and that didn't get any backlash at all. The Star Wars franchise is making history with... Was that sarcasm? That was sarcasm, yeah. You can't tell sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really hard with you. <laughs> I know. That, that's my trademark. Continue. The Star Wars franchise is making history with its technical prowess, and the same technology could presumably presumably be used to bring Carrie Fisher's likeliness back to the silver screen for a final bl- a final bow. Of course, this would uh, also take a ton of money, 
and some fans might take umbrage with the, com uh, with the concept. That, along with the uh, script revisions, have created quite a complicated situation for Lucasfilm and Disney to navigate through. But with Solo a Star Wars story having hit theaters, pressure is on for J.J. Abrams to get to work and deliver a satisfying conclusion to the trilogy he began. Luckily, there's well over a year until episode 9 arrives, so there's plenty of time to properly plan the highly anticipated sequel, as well as to decide how to handle the role of Leia in the wake of Carrie Fisher's passing. So, yeah, just because Yoda came back in the last movie, which is a, who is a puppet and actually still was done by the original Frank Oz, that, that doesn't mean that Carrie can be treated the same, who is not a puppet and who is whose actress is actually deceased. That's my take on it. But they what did CGI saying? work for uh, Moff Tarkin in uh, Rogue One. Oh, that was top notch. Yeah, I thought Tarkin. I, I, thought, also, it, I uh, thought it looked really good. Leia. I thought it looked really good for what it was. I, I, I wouldn't want the whole movie with a CGI uh, main character in it. Did you guys hear that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> somebody at your door no that was uh facebook uh anyway uh i'd be okay with her coming back if they did it properly that's all yeah but yeah, you know okay. i know the cg yeah, not, not like superman and, uh, rogue one i thought they could have did a little bit of a better job agreed yeah but she had like one line she had one line, granted, but it, like it didn't even really look like Leia. Granted, she had the hair and the dress and all that, but the facial structure didn't really look like the Leia from A New Hope. Uh, I, I, I thought they had brought in another actress. For, another. For, for the one line, just like I said, for what it was, it looks okay. It it, it was um, sufficient. Mm -hmm. But a whole movie like that, I mean, you can just tell that CGI is still off in certain ways, and then it just takes you out of it. Yeah, we're not advanced enough for it to be like as if they were actors. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. <gasps> True. Uh, Comrie, let's talk about some rumors, buddy. Yeah, well... So, so is um, uh, Tim not getting anything? Tim's the hype man. Yeah. I'm oh, okay. getting, like, <laughs> comments. <laughs> Timmy! Well, a new report suggests Star Wars veteran Billy D. Williams is indeed set to appear in Episode 9. Yeah. A few right. weeks ago, we reported about a tweet claiming that 81-year-old actor Billy D. Williams has begun training three times a week and was on a new diet. As the actor has primarily stuck to the voice acting lately, we came to the obvious conclusion that it if he was preparing for an upcoming role and not just doing it for health reasons, that it would mostly be for 2090's untitled X-Men. Um, I mean, what the sorry. Wrong <laughs> podcast. Hours, episode nine. <laughs> A new report from Santa. News <laughs> bulletin: Billy D. Williams takes over Wolverine. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about Professor Xavier, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, not 100% confirming the rumor definitely lends cre credence to this bit of speculation. So, Ventatrax has confirmed with two separate sources that the actor will indeed be reprising his role as Lando Calrissian for the upcoming sequel. Whether this was 
already in the works or whether this his inclusion was mandated after the passing of Carrie Fisher in order to maintain some sort of character connection with the original Star Wars trilogy remains to be seen. In context, I would think yes. I would think it would make sense that the remnants of Leia's resistance would seek the old smoothie out, given given their current predicament running from the First Order. Okay. So yeah, I would Donald Glover. Pref- Sorry, I mean, yeah. You gotta think he was running Bespin before, like everything was going on. So I mean, who knows? He might have like a fleet of his own going on. Uh, read the book, The Last Shot. The Last Shot. The Last Shot. It tells Last you where shot. he's at in life. Oh, okay. Uh, I I, so, I think we all can agree we we'll, we would love Billy D to come back and all the sexiness. Uh, we did see currently Joel's favorite portrayal of Lando in Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> and uh, now that we know he potentially has uh, sex with droids, I think that just even adds the anticipation even more. Uh, personally, I would love to see a sex scene between him and like R2-D2. But uh, hey, anything can happen. It's Disney. So there's also a rumor, Mohammed. Yeah, there is a big rumor that the Boba Fett movie, which is in itself a rumor, is going to be set. <clears throat> excuse me, to film in 2020. <laughs> for a, and that's probably going to lead to a 2021 release. I'm guessing if this is not just a rumor and is actually true. A new report from Omega Underground explains that the rumored Boba Fett movie that will allegedly be directed by James Mangold, who you know is the guy behind Logan, which was a big hit. Uh, he's looking to film at Pinewood Studios in the United Kingdom, as usual, for a Star Wars movie. However, it sounds like it won't be for a while. Currently, Mangold is preparing to direct Ford vs. Ferrari, based on the famous 1966 24 Hours of Le Mans race for 20th Century Fox, which will film later this summer and will be released next year. Can you say that again, please? All over? No, just say 24 Hours of Le Mans. 24 hours of Le Mans. Okay, continue. Omega Underground <laughs> is speculating that the movie will target an autumn release window. Is this just talking about... Okay. Yeah. Not even the right movie. So from the sound of things, it will not be Lucas's film presumed 2020 Star Wars project, which is believed to be Obi-Wan Kenobi movie from Steven Spielberg. Obi-Wan Kenobi! Conventional wisdom tells us that the Boba Fett movie should be targeting a 2021 <laughs> release. Whatever. What the fuck does that mean? Conventional wisdom. Who told you that? What conventional? What conventional wisdom? Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it should still be noted, though, that at neither project has been confirmed by Disney or Lucasfilm. Although the Hollywood Reporter backed up both of Omega Underground's claims that both projects are in development. Until then, so what? Well, continue. Until then, keep the grain of salt handy. Until then, we're going to keep the question, Boba Fett, where? Uh, <laughs> to be honest... Yeah, but if, if anything, conventional wisdom will tell you that it's for 2022. <laughs> because there will be, like, they, they do one uh, trilogy movie and then uh, another movie and then a trilogy movie and then another movie. So after Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, there will be a tril- new trilogy movie. Think of all the SJW agenda that's going to be in it, though. What if they make Boba Fett a girl? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not lo- looking forward oh, to that. That's a girl. By that, uh, by that time, Kathleen Kennedy will already be fired, so. <laughs> Let's hope that will. Uh... By then, she'll be dead. She's fine. <laughs> I'll, 
on that picture of uh, this article, you see Boba, and on the left you see Bosk, and is that IG-88 on the right? IG-88, yeah. yes. Yep. Yes. There's actually a really good book called Tales, uh, Tales, uh, Tales of the Bunny Hunters, uh, and it tells you mm-hmm. like his origin story, IG-88s. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was always intrigued by him. Yes. Uh, his origin story. Droids? Making droids? How prefers? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one last rumor for you guys before this show wraps up. John Favreau's live-action Star Wars show may film in wall in fall. Wall, what the fuck? Fall winter 2018. John Favreau is working fast on getting his Star Wars television series in development, which I speculate will be part of the Disney streaming service. A little over a month after Favreau released the half of the scripts of the first season were ready, word is the filming is to start in a few months, according to Omega Underground. Favreau's show is to be set start filming in the autumn or winter of this year. He will serve as producer, producer and writer for several episodes, but all but many others are expected to direct the series. Earlier reports have suggested that the first season of the show will be 10 episodes in length and will have high-end visual effects worthy of bearing the Star Wars name. Omega Underground speculates that there's a chance that the show will be ready on the first day that people can check out Disney's streaming service in autumn 2019, as possibly slightly later in order to boost the total number of subscriptions after the initial launch of the platform. As it currently stands, Lucasfilm's schedule for the project in the coming years will be pretty packed. Star Wars Episode Nine starts filming the next month. This oh, starts filming next month. The show will start filming a little after that. If the reports are correct, Indiana Jones 5, the first major non-Star Wars movie that Lucasfilm will make under Disney, starts filming in April of 2019. Yahoo! Finally, as one yet not to be officially confirmed, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Boba Fett movies are believed to start in 2019 and 2020, respectively. That's all because we, even we figure out what's going on with the two sets of movies that Ryan Johnson and David Benahoff and D.B. Weiss will be in, involved with. Plenty of exciting times are ahead of us for Star Wars fans. Uh, I want to see this. John Favreau just finished up uh, Lion King not too long ago, and I saw a sneak trailer. Like a sneak peek trailer at it. Uh, it looks fucking fantastic. If you guys remember, he also did uh, The Jungle Book. He was that Daredevil? No. The live action Jungle Book. And he did, and he's doing the live action Lion King, which is finished now. Was that any good, though? For what? Any good Jungle Book. Yeah. I heard it was great. I yeah. heard a good thing Jungle about Book. it. Jungle Book was awesome. Yeah. No, oh, okay. Check check them out. They're like live, actions adaptation, live action adaptations of the animated movies. From Disney. Absolutely excellent. Uh, does anybody have anything to chime in on this? No, not really. Okay. Well, with that being said, uh, remember to visit dobackdiscussion.net for all of your Star Wars needs. And uh, be sure to listen to our brother podcast, Bantha Babble. Uh, again, thank you, Komari, for joining this amazing group of... Uh, Star Wars fans that I have here, and I look forward to seeing your articles published on the website. Uh, thank you for joining Joel. Tim, thank you for driving uh, the minute down the street. And <laughs> Mohammed, thank you for uh, cutting your poop short for joining to join us. Uh, My pleasure. <laughs> but thank you. Of course. Uh, this episode's been really wonderful. Also, a little bit of Star Wars stuff before we go. Uh, Star Wars Celebration is. Like what, 500, 200, 294 Star days. Wars Celebration is 294 days away. Star Wars Episode 9 is 547 days away. And we will be continuing coverage of both of those things until yeah, initial release. But anyway, remember, uh, may the force be with you. 
Always. 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 But thank you guys. Uh, and that's Bardo signing off. DJ Grandmaster Ziyad signing off. Oh, this is Gold Leader signing off. And Myth signing off. And Jeroen, also known as Komari, signing off. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye